Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, residents now know why the local funeral home offered deep discounts on cremations. The director was secretly selling body parts for profit. We'll talk about the podcast, Cover Up, Body Brokers. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, the very small-haired Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. You mean I'm not that close to God because I have the short, short cut? You're not. <laughs> okay. You also look very high and tight right now. Did you recently get a haircut? I did. I did. I wanted to look sharp for you. Oh, did you notice that I got a haircut as well? You oh. just came in from the salon. Did. I did. You look great. Thank you very much. I don't see any grays anymore. Thank you. Thank you. I have to maybe start tinting my eyebrows next because I'm starting to get some grays in my eyebrows. It's embarrassing. Uh, also with us no. is private investigator. I know Toby can relate. Private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of the Piper Green series of cozy mysteries, Lara Bricker. Hello, Lara. Hey, Rebecca. And I am now the, yeah, I am totally gray right now. So I'm very envious of your beautiful hair. You know, I started going like every, I was going like every 12 weeks for years. And it was because we had like, I didn't have any money for like a really long time. And I was being really like, if I was going every like 16 weeks and then I was going like every 12 weeks. And now I'm like, I'm a grown up. I am over 50 now. I have to go more frequently because it's starting to look bad. So I started going like every mm-hmm. 10 weeks. I'm much happier now. Just much, much happier. Oh, I go every five. <laughs> <laughs> My lady was like, you were here just, and this is, we were going on vacation. She's like, you were here nine weeks ago. I'm like, I like this even better. Can we, can we make it nine weeks now? It's really exciting. You go exciting. to the salon more than funeral directors do. That's true. That's true. And finally, our resident Doubting Thomas, author of the City Trilogy of Novels, host of Strange Arrivals at our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast host, Toby Ball. Hello, Toby. Hello, Rebecca. Toby, how frequently do you get a haircut? Uh, it's probably about once a month. Yeah. You guys need them often. Wow. Well, keep it short. Yeah. If my hair grows two inches, it's like super noticeable. How much do man cuts cost these days? Uh, with the tip? I don't yeah. know, like low to mid thirties. What, what do you pay, Kevin? Yeah. Cause I also sometimes get my beard done. So 45 bucks and yeah. then the tip. You go to the, you go to the barber. The local barber. Yes. Yeah. We have like a real barber with a pole outside and everything. It's oh, really? really? In the village, yeah. I go to uh, I go to Supercuts, and the woman who cuts my hair there is a big basketball fan. So we just chat hoops while she uh, does my hair. Kevin's a Supercuts survivor. Yeah, <laughs> hey man, I got no problem. Yeah. My look, my hair is not complicated. No problem, Supercuts. No, he was going to Supercuts all the way up until this barbershop opened in town. He loved it, yeah. and I, he always looked great. And I, 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 by the way, I didn't mean that in an insulting way. I, I was just being cheeky because it like it was an alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want anyone to add me for Supercut yeah, stuff. I just I've, thought it would sound funny. 
Well, I had a bad supercuts experience. I mean, I went in one time and just got like a quick haircut and it, like my hair didn't match on either side. Like it was short on one side and long on the other. And I was like, oh. That's kind of what your hair looks like in the drawing of you that Jeff Lasseter did. I know. It does. That's kind of what it looks like. Straight on my wall in my office. You have that sort of like Canadian Karen haircut that's like yeah. a little asymmetrical. What do you pay for to get your hair done, Laura? Is it, is it a lot or a little? You don't have to tell me what, but you can tell me is it a lot or a little? Well, I have a situation. Uh, we shouldn't say, I have a bartering situation oh, for my hair. So. How do I get one of those? <laughs> I trade social media services uh, for my hair. Oh, I thought you were going to say you trade cre- cremation services for hair. I thought you were going to say you trade no. pet, pet detectivery for uh-huh. your hair. No, no, no. Just, just social oh, media that's services. That's good. That's really good. I also, for a while, was trading social media services for wine. Like, I just come up with all these situations. I'm like, I want that. I will do this and I will get that. Wow. We need to get Laura to do some negotiating for us, Kevin. What can you get for us? (laughs) I also got some chicken one time. (laughs) Wow. We don't get anything. Freaking cavemen in Exeter, man. (laughs) It's like little house in the prairie over there. Yeah. Yeah. But then I found out bartering's illegal. So uh, hopefully nobody listening to this comes out. Bartering's illegal. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's illegal. In the How state so? or in the, yeah, you can in get, the nation? In the state. I think, it, I, I'm not sure. I think on, for like tax purposes, like you can't say you're doing No, anything. that can't be right. Like somebody moves my shit from one apartment to the other and I give them, I take them out for beers and. Well, no, like I was doing it in the context of like, I was doing like publicity services and I was doing paid publicity services. But then in some situations I was doing like these little barters. Oh. So you're no longer breaking the law. No, I've moved on. So I'm going to leave on the podcast then. I haven't got any chicken lately. But this is what doesn't make sense. There's no income tax in New Hampshire. So you're right. not cheating what the are you state cheating? <laughs> by not getting paid. You exactly. Know? All right. So, Kevin, this is obviously uh, Monday's program. Yes, it is. What's coming up on future episodes of Crime Writers On? On Thursday, we're going to be doing a uh, classic rewind. What is it? We're going to talk about our review of Murder on Middle Beach. Yay! That's a classic. Oh, nice. One of my all, actually, I think it's my all-time favorite documentary. Yeah, you were, you were, we were recording something ahead of time, and uh, you were talking about, I, you said Madison Hamburger, and I thought- I Madison said, oh, Hamburg. Madison Hamburg. And I thought <laughs> I thought his name was Burger, and so I spent all this time like trying to edit out Ham- like, and it just was like, Madison, it just like didn't sound natural. And then you looked it up. Then I was like, oh yeah, it's actually she. That was, that Madison was a waste Hamburg. of 20 minutes. Madison Hamburg. Then on Monday, we're going to be talking about the uh, three-part documentary on Max. It's called The Truth About Jim. Oh, the one about my boss. Different Jim. Oh. Can we get everybody to just mark this on their calendars just for to remember and memorialize it? Well, I've been sitting here, all of a sudden I started getting a ringing in my ear. Like tin, tin, tinnitus, 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 yeah. tinnitus, yeah. So I think from here on out, the rest of my life, I'm going to have this, right? Like I sat yep. down and I didn't have it, and now it's no. It sometimes it can be intermittent. Okay. I, I get it sometimes, yeah. And oh, it, just it goes like away. a little buzzing in your ear, just a little height, just yeah, like a I little tone. I yeah, get that. Oh, you get that? Oh, I get it okay. Too. All right, so it's just old age. It's, just, it's oh, old man. age. Okay, great. Yeah, but I said I got it when I was like in my twenties too, but. It, oh. For me, it would go away after like five minutes. It's not like a. Oh, well, it's still going on. Let's you know, check in right. at the end of the show. Do you know what happens? No you know why it happens? Why? Because you pee on the bathroom floor. Oh, eat it. 
There's a callback. <laughs> Just a little collateral damage. My goodness. That's what happens when you get old, Rebecca. You can't aim. Some of us were in a hurry. <laughs> I, sent a, I sent an email to the cleaning Are you positive service. that that's what that is and it's not the drippings from the from the sink when you Kevin, wash your hands and you bring your hands Kevin, over to get the towel? I am 100%. That wasn't what sprang to mind when I was thinking of urine alternatives on your uh, by your toilet. It's <laughs> definitely peak. <laughs> wow. There's so much happening All right. right now. I think we should make the delightful transition to talk about the very grim thing we're about to talk about. What do you guys think? Let's do it. All right. Let's uh, change the, the timbre of the conversation, shall we? Change the mood? No. Take it down a little bit? Let's go ahead and talk about what we're going to talk about and drop that first clip. Leading off. But I opened the freezer door and the bodies, there were so many bodies They were stacked on the shelves where they were supposed to be, and then they were just kind of piled together on a couple of gurneys in the middle. Some of them had sheets over them, some of them didn't. Sunset Mesa Funeral Home was a trusted business for bereaved residents in Montrose, Colorado. Director Megan Hess smooth-talked family members and offered steep discounts on cremations for those who donated their bodies to science. But the community was shocked when it learned the ashes in their urns were not those of their loved ones. There was all kinds of metal pieces mixed in with the cremains. There was a backing to a wristwatch. There was parts from a metal zipper. There were metal rivets that like are on blue jeans, you know, around the pockets, the metal rivets. Investigators discovered customers were being misled as to how their remains would be used. Hess was getting rich in the shadowy world of body dealing. In the back room, she was dismembering heads and limbs to be illegally sold to medical companies for research. And he said, uh, Julie, it looks to me like she uh, sold his head and his shoulders and arms and his legs. And I don't know if I could say this on your podcast, but I said his fucking head, John. From Sony Music Entertainment, Campside Media and Black Bar Mitzvah, comes Cover Up, Body Brokers. The podcast recounts how Hess and her mother harvested body parts from their funeral home while giving families cremains from a mixed pile of ashes. Host Ashley Fonts talks to investigators, Sunset Mesa employees, and loved ones affected by the scam. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from Cover Up, Body Brokers. So if you want to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes for our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. And I just want to add that just as the podcast does, we should probably give a disclaimer that some of the material in this podcast is pretty, what's the word, Kevin? Explicit, grim, bodily stuff. It's bodily stuff. So I just want to throw that out there because I think we should. Right. Okay. I don't know. Am I... We're talking about severed heads. I just want to throw it out there. Would not be the first time. <laughs> right, Laura? I mean, your first note. A lot yeah. of details in this podcast, right? Yeah, chainsaws, heads and bags. Like, I feel like this podcast, you know, obviously there's like a bigger issue here, but I feel like there was a lot of like shock value details in this that we heard them once and I'm like, okay, I get it. But why do we have, like, I felt like it was like part of the telling of the story was to see how much more they could shock us by continuing to tell us the details over and over again. When personally, I think there were some other angles to this that I would have liked to see explored. But yeah, there is a lot of, Fluids leaking out of boxes, shipping things that shouldn't be shipped in like non-medical boxes and 
gold teeth getting yanked out of heads. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, I know I'm moving ahead, but there's an interview in this podcast with a former body broker who was arrested and convicted for basically some fraud stuff he was committing. And he very sort of like nonchalantly tells you the story of how he got into body brokering. He worked at a college and he was sort of accepting bodies in for the college. And then he started a side business with the college's permission. And that side business was so lucrative that he became a full-time body broker and got really rich. And then he started cutting corners. And he does tell this story about like what, shipping a leg across the country, like in a box that was meant for a salmon. One of the boxes broke. And since this is fresh tissue, some of the stuff starts defrosting and... I got a phone call asking what this pink solution could be leaking out of the boxes. I thought that was actually one of the best interviews in the podcast because it was very illuminating as to how common and like normal it is. I mean, that body brokerage is just, you know, an unregulated industry that literally anybody could get into. Like, Toby, if you want to, Toby, tomorrow you can start a body brokerage. I mean, were you surprised to hear that you could start a body brokerage tomorrow if you wanted to? more easily than you could start probably a podcast studio. Uh, was I surprised? Yeah, I guess so. I hadn't really thought about the whole body part trade until I started listening to this this podcast. I mean, a lot of what I think this comes down to is just like kind of no or very lax regulation. There's so many different types of business and stuff. Like regulating all of them is tough. And this one seems to have fallen through the cracks, either because of regulations or, or regulatory capacity or whatever. But the results are kind of alarming. I, the one example that stuck out to me was like shipping a head through the mail with like blood seeping out of this box. It's so like over the top. It's almost like hard to believe. Although yeah. at the same time, like the more you kind of hear about this little operation is like, well, of course it was, yeah. you know? Of of course, it was like kind of low rent and uh, half-assed all the way through. It's a dick in a box. The, th the thing that struck me, Kevin, especially when I was listening to that interview with this guy, but also with the other parts of this podcast, especially hearing about Shirley, Megan's mom, right? Uh -huh, yeah. There comes a point when when you decide to do this work, uh, in a, like, and you're not a medical professional and whatever, there comes a point where you're in front of your first body. And, you know, we're watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith right now, right? And there's this scene where, like, they put a body in the bathtub and they have to take it apart. And they're, like, and they're, like, assass trained assassins, right? And yeah. they're, like, like getting really sick, right? There comes a point where it just, you, like, nonchalantly just take a, a chainsaw and, like, cut off an arm, right? Nonchalantly cut off the hip to knee. Nonchalantly cut off a head, right? We, in our regular American Western thoughts about bodies and death, like, that is so far from what we think about, right? Like we are so divorced from the whole idea of being around dead people. Yeah, in our culture, like we're very close to birth, but we're not close to death. It's it's often, you know, pushed away. It's, you know, what happens in the back room of the funeral parlor is like something very different. Mystical. But it's kind of like what we want. We have a lot of, you know, it's a close casket. We're shielded from it. Gone are the days of like family members washing and preparing the body in, in some cultures or stretching out the body on the table for an Irish wake. We don't regard the body of a loved one once they've died in the way that other cultures have in the past or, or whatever. Or, or maybe still do. You do. Yeah. still do, right. But all that is to say that it sort of leads to an opportunity for a funeral director to do whatever they want with the body because no one is there watching it. Right. And it's just like, OK, 
because like when somebody dies, obviously there's a lot of, you know, you got a lot going on. You would never think like, oh, well, this beloved funeral director, they're treating things this way. They're doing you just but you just wouldn't know because you couldn't do something super funky in a birth because everybody's there and watching and whatnot. But with the death, it's just sort of a kind of secrecy about what happens after death that it just created an opportunity. Yeah. And um, that was one of the reasons why, you know, she's able to take advantage. Yeah. Two things, Laura. One is like, I, I think that I'm going to prefer to be cremated. Right. One is I 100 percent want somebody to witness my cremation after listening to this podcast. A hundred percent. I want someone, even if it's just literally they don't have to watch my if like my body in a box. Like, please watch the box go into the thing. I just really want someone to be because. But by the way, I remember from the, my podcast OPP and ask a funeral director like we did, we did a segment on that. And that was like, that's something you can do. Number two, when I renew my license, I am unchecking the whole body box and checking the organ donation box after listening to this podcast. Were you surprised to learn that the, the sweeping difference between whole body versus organ donation opportunity here? It was like a chop shop for crying out loud, like a body chop shop. Like when they were going through like what a leg is worth, a head is worth, an arm is worth, like that was very disturbing. I mean, is that it just when you hear about how, especially that interview with the guy who was in the business and he gets into it and then he starts realizing that too. And he's just like, I'm so I just like had some frozen legs in the freezer and you're like, oh, okay. So like when people contact him, he's just got parts ready to ship, uh, you know, piecemeal. It was a lot. And I think the thing that frustrates me the most about this, having listened to this whole podcast is that I feel like this industry is still, for the most part, pretty much unregulated. Like Colorado now, what? Oh, now you actually can go in a funeral home to inspect it, whereas before you couldn't. You had to have their permission beforehand or you had to let them know. <laughs> yeah, this isn't like the only case. Like we had the case near us, which they did mention this, the Harvard Medical School case. There have been lots of cases like this. It's like it reminded me a little bit of like when we had that guy, the hep C guy that was a uh, traveling technician. Oh, Kwiatkowski. Kwiatkowski that showed up at Exeter Hospital and was like doing drug diversion and infected all these people with hepatitis C. And he had been like let go from all these other places, but there wasn't like a database to track, uh, you know, bad people that weren't doctors that were working in hospitals. And it's like this, it's like in the funeral home industry and this body broker industry, I mean, when you hear about organ donation, like I'm thinking, oh, I'm donating my organs to somebody who might need them or, oh, maybe like science. But I don't know. It, it gives me pause. Well, listen, I don't want to like completely thumbs down like whole body donation. Like we need body farms to learn how a forensic science or like we need we need bodies for cadaver. We need right. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. That being said, it seems like kind of a crapshoot what could happen to your body if you, you know, unless you specifically say, I want my body to only do this. But then even then, it seems like that might not be what happens. And if you really don't care, which is fine. I mean, I kind of don't care, which is one reason why I want to be cremated. That being said, maybe I kind of do because I kind of I want my organs to go somewhere. But, you know, I also kind of want to know that, like, you know, my head isn't going to be a shift in a box across the country with the hair still with on. With your hair still yeah. on. But, I know I'm going to be dead. I know I'm going to be dead. But Toby, why do we feel this way? We're going to be dead. Why do we feel this way? I don't feel that way. I'm 100 percent willing to send my body off to some medical school. I'm, okay, I'm kind of willing to send off to medical school too, but for some reason I'm not willing to take the chance that my head could be shipped across the country in a box to a collector who just wants to have a bunch of heads in their house. 
Which, by the way, is a part of this that they didn't talk about in the podcast. Yeah. I mean, I do think there's so much sort of religious and cultural stuff around how you deal with with dead bodies, right? You know, there's huge variants. There's people who put a lot of importance on proper burial or in this case, like having the right ashes, like not having somebody else's ashes. Like it's not a symbolic thing. Like it's like, I literally want the ashes of my dad in this urn. And that's super important. That was one of the things for me was I was listening to these people talk about this stuff in a way that was much, much more passionate then I think I would be about the same thing. And that got me kind of wondering, it's like, so what's behind all this? Like, is it a religious thing? Is it like a cultural thing? Like how to, like, I don't even know like what the breakdown is in our country about like who gets cremated, who gets buried, stuff like that. Like I haven't the foggiest clue, like do 50% of people get cremated 20%, 5%. So, you know, this is all kind of happening without like, sort of the context of how do we as a country deal in general with our dead. Uh, and instead it was sort of this kind of interesting story, but I think there were some aspects of, especially the people's response to this that I felt could have been sort of explained a little bit more or explored a little bit. Cause I wasn't always completely clear like where they were coming from other than just being super, super upset. Yeah, and if you join us on Patreon, you can cremate Rebecca's body. Oh, Jesus, Kevin. Or That's quite oh the transition to the business section. Oh, I'm just saying. Is that the $15 level, Kevin? At the premiere level. Wait, 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 we wait, will wait. send you Toby Ball's body. <laughs> and so do with it as you please because he doesn't care. Do with it as you please. He doesn't care. <laughs> hey, joining us on Patreon doesn't wow. cost an arm and a leg. Oh, yes. Doesn't I know you were waiting for that one. Yes. Go to patreon.com slash Join our Patreon. <laughs> Uh, you get episodes of Crime Writers on early and ad-free there. Uh, you can. This is uh, why you're not allowed in the word barn anymore, Kevin. This is why. I'm just inappropriate. <laughs> hey, uh, this week we do not have a uh, an after show, but we do have a special in the feed. We have uh, a copy of Rebecca's discussion on wrongful convictions with an all-star panel, including Maggie Freeling, Amber Hunt, and Rabia Chaudhry. Yes. It was recorded in Dallas in October. Yes. Can't remember what we were doing then, but we got it. We got the audio. Yes. And it's a great hour-long discussion, so I know you'll enjoy that. And other cool things you can get at our Patreon include Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcast. Toby's always doing uh, books, but this time we're doing a, a discussion of a film. It was a book. I already talked about the book, Killers of the, the Cover Flower of a Moon. Cover. It's Cover of a Cover. <laughs> <laughs> so Toby's doing Hearts Alone. Uh, with this uh, Martin Scorsese film. Tell us about the discussion, Toby, where people... <laughs> Very good, Kevin. Deep cut. There's cover a deep cover. cut. Yeah. yeah, cover of a cover. Uh, or Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. Yeah, that cover was, of a cover. Yeah, okay. Uh, Toby, what did you think of the film? Um, it has its issues, right? Um, mm -hmm. There are good parts about it, but, you know, it's really, it's the story of some white guy experiencing, you know, devastation and trauma to the Osage nation and it's kind of a weird focus to have given what the subject matter is you get a lot of DiCaprio let's put it that way yep other things include Laura Bricker's leave it to Bricker and in the uh, latest episode Laura learns a new skill yeah well I haven't put it into use yet but I am going to learn maybe how to saber a Sam I, sh I am going to learn maybe how to saber a champagne bottle good lord this happened at my no rules book club 
which is also known as the No Rules Book, Gun, Smut, and Saber Club mm. now. So you're going to be learning what's happening at the book club and why we were sabering champagne. So I want to remind folks that we are just a couple of weeks away from Exeter Lit Fest. And if you're thinking of coming to New Hampshire for this event, you should know that we're going to be having a Crime Writers on Live show adjacent to the event. So we're going to be putting out more information about what we're going to be talking about and uh, what we're going to be doing that night. One great way to get that information and stay abreast of everything going on at uh, by so staying abreast is also something else you could ship in the mail. Oh, uh, this I'm just saying. I, I wasn't the one, one with the chainsaw. Could. You can't. One could. One could. Uh, you could uh, sign up for our newsletter. Go to crimewriterson.com. Put your email in the little uh, slot, and we will send you. Uh, we'll send you a newsletter once a week. Now we also have an Amazon storefront where you can see some of our favorite things. Rebecca, you influencer, what are this week's CWO Amazon recommendations? I like the handmade brand. That's the brand, handmade luxurious cashmere socks. I wear size medium. And what are your listener-inspired Toby Ball's deep cut recommendations? I got some good ones, Kevin. I've got the uh, Cremo Rich Lathering Polo Santo Body Wash for Men, Notes of Bright Cardamom, Dry Papyrus, and Aromatic Palo Santal 16 Fluid Ounces. Mm. Wow. And I've also got the Do You Care Flat Top Kabuki Foundation Brush Synthetic Professional Liquid Blending Mineral Powder Makeup Tools Rose Gold Slash White. I think I have that. Wow. Good good deep cuts. You can shop us first at Amazon.com slash shop slash Crime Writers On. We earn commissions on qualified purchases. All right, Ken, before we end the business section, do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week? Our Patreon patron saints are Rachel Cole and Christy Martin. Bless you. Bless you, Rachel. Bless you, Christy. Thank you so much for being saints. We really appreciate you. We appreciate everybody who belongs to our Patreon and appreciate everybody who's thinking about joining our Patreon. We hear it's the best value out there. As Patreons go, mm-hmm. please consider joining. And, and it's it, how we make a living. This is, is what keeps us going. We're it not is. just, yeah. It is. Without you helping us, we can't do what you we do. You might hear an ad here or there, but that ain't it. Our Patreon is a really big deal to us. So please consider joining at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. We really, really appreciate it. It. Kevin, does that send the business section? That sends the business section. I'm going to go ahead and fade that music out right now. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Do you ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney bundle with new movies and series. 
On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Kevin. Yeah. I heard a rumor that you went to that bodies exhibit in Boston. Oh, yeah. Does anybody remember that when it came to Boston? I do. Like years and years ago? Did you go? No, but I remember when it came to Boston. You bet. Okay. So, yeah, this is... I, I mean, remember the controversy around it. Right. So we, we walk through it and it's like, um, I don't... So it's skeletons, but like with the muscle... I mean, they're obviously not real muscles. But it looks like those posters you hang in your biology yes, class. Yes. Yes. But it wasn't just, you know, people standing there with their palms up or whatever they would pose them and like like sitting down oh. drinking tea playing a guitar or, yeah like weird stuff like that and i'm like you know walking through going like what the hell did somebody like know when they were donating their body to whatever they thought they were donating their body to that they would like be posed in perpetuity like kicking a soccer ball <laughs> sounds good Toby like, would love that <laughs> yeah and I, I, I don't know if this is this is what I remember was yeah. being told or, or believing that the bodies came from China yeah they were all from China the, yeah. so I was like oh well it must be <laughs> no perfectly regulated not, no <laughs> you know not I regulated guess, I guess the Chinese people are more open minded about nope. performance art or nope. whatever nope but uh, yeah I saw it and it was it was different you know it was strange yeah no that was that's weird it's very strange and actually yeah that was very controversial I remember that being really controversial at the time and a lot of people didn't like it and as she talks about in the podcast people would walk out I, I believe it's still on the um, it's still touring or some version yeah it's of like it. Shen Young you can see it everywhere yeah I feel when we were in Canada I saw like some some commercial on TV for it like yeah someone needs to make a podcast about Shen Young I'm just I'm just pitching that right now I would listen to the hell out of that Dan Taberski, somebody needs to make a podcast about that. It's wild. There's some great articles. About Ashley, it. take it? notes. You got to go do that. Shen Yun, you never seen those commercials about that dance troupe? Yes, I've seen oh them. Oh my God, there's some great reporting on it. Uh, it comes around like during the holidays or whatever. It's, a, it's actually a cult. It has nothing to do with like Chinese history. It's oh. like propaganda. Oh yeah, it's wild. Anyway, oh, I it's digress. Oh, like Falun Gong or something? Yes, I know. It's not that, but it's, it's along those lines. All right. Anyway, um... <laughs> Back to the bodies <laughs> podcast. So, who uh, wants to watch Rebecca get cremated? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, apparently I'm, I'm auditioning for that now. So, Toby, there is this really one character in the podcast that I felt like I know a lot of people like this. They live in my town because I live in a very small town. There's the woman who became friends with Megan, who's really pissed at everybody for being mad at Megan because she was, Megan was really nice to her. This is an episode where it's like, you know, Montrose versus Megan. What did you think of that woman who was like real pissed at everyone for being mad at Megan? I don't know. She was kind of a character in, in the podcast, and I, I really enjoyed listening to her personally. Yeah, I liked it, too. I, I'm not sure if I'm super sympathetic to her viewpoint, but, you know, I think she basically was like, hey, I was new in town and like nobody wanted to be my friend and Megan did and. I had a bunch of people over for my kid's birthday and they're like, oh, Megan's coming. I was like, if you don't want to see Megan, get out and, you know, take your kids with you. I used, to, <laughs> I was like, oh, all right, <laughs> here we go. So if you were throwing cups of stuff at the car or saying horrible things, you were saying that in front of her daughter. I mean, why? The kid didn't do anything, you know? 
They threw things. People were proud of it. They posted it on Facebook. That's just wrong. But these are the type of people that you have here in Montrose. Maybe I'll have her watching my cremation. She seems tough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She doesn't take any <laughs> shit. Yeah, so I... I well, I was listening to her. I'm like, so is this their idea of like they're trying to be like even handed? They're like, well, she does cut up bodies and send them through the mail to people or, or whatever and cremates kitty litter along with people's actual remains. But on the other hand, this one woman who's new in town super likes her and it's really pissed everybody <laughs> else. Like, is that the sort of fair and balance that we're getting? Because uh, if so, I don't think it was super successful. You know, in a fairly grim, in general, podcast, I don't know if it was lighthearted exactly, but it was like, I, I kind of thought it was sort of funny and it was sort of easy to kind of put myself into that kind of social situation in a town where there's a couple of people who are fast friends, like screw everybody else. Um, yeah, it brought some levity to it, I think. Yeah. But, but she did have a point about the kids, like that, like Megan's daughter is, you know, She's an innocent in this. Like she shouldn't necessarily be shunned by her classmates because their parents don't like her parent. Um, you know. Well, I, she also had the point that Megan, like every woman who commits a crime, was in every headline. Mother. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. They never say father commits blah 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 crime, but they always do it when it's a woman. Like, and so that you know, they never associate the the kids of a father who commits a crime. It's always the kids of a woman who commits a crime. Uh. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been, but I think part of like Megan's, not, not I guess her defense, but like as she was like trying to come up with favorable things about like her defense is like I, she's a mother and I don't want to, you know. But the daughter herself, like you know, she shouldn't have to live in the town, you know, doing the the penance for her mother's and her grandmother's sins. And so as far as like the woman who is like, I only had one friend and it was the town ghoul. <laughs> you know, with it's the like, hair. yeah, you the know, it's, with the hair, with the hair. It's like, you know, I mean, I think we're it's interesting because you're right. It's like you kind of like read a lot between the lines about just like that woman about like she's coming in, like you know, she's like, oh, you know, this place sucks and, every, and I'm the worst person here. And so, uh, what about you? Somebody who felt like she didn't fit in, and then like you know, the worst. Somebody who like was also All these Volvo shunned. driving douchebags yeah. <laughs> hate me, <laughs> Laura. Um, so we have Basic to talk about bitches. we have to talk about Shirley, right? So yes. Megan's mom, who apparently was completely complicit, it sounds like Megan kind of treated her like shit because Megan's mom was super fucking fast to flip on Megan. Like it seems like Megan's mom would have flipped on anyone, right? Called her things you wouldn't call a white woman. Oh no, called her everything but a white woman. But a white, what the hell is that? Anyway. I've never heard that expression before. Called her everything but a white woman. But like I loved how Ashley then played it again in a clip, like a memory when they would get into a conflict or something. A lot of yelling, screaming, name calling, power play type things, mind game type things. What what what, what would they call each other? Like a everything. I mean. Everything but a white woman. It was, you know. Obviously, this dynamic was super. It was like an, an Alfred Hitchcock sort of dynamic between Shirley and Megan. But Shirley, to me, was just like a whole nother level of scary. And we have people that are working there that kind of now talk about what it was like to work there. And there's like the woman that was like all about taxidermy. So she's not afraid of like dead things and seeing dead things. But even for her, she was like, Shirley is a bit much. And she recounts this story about Shirley talking to these EMTs after a car crash, which the victims had been decapitated. The EMTs and the first responders were even like, oh, like they couldn't believe the things that 
that Shirley was saying about like, you know, can you imagine what it looked like when their heads popped off and just like a whole nother level. But, you know, when you hear about this dynamic between the mother and daughter in this funeral home and how they're just having these screaming fights and they're just not very nice to each other. And then you're, you're hearing, you know, this mother out back with her chainsaw dismembering people. It was uh, like one of those things you hear happen in real life, but you're like, this is like plucked straight from the script of a horror movie, literally. Like, I, I mean, I don't know if any of the rest of you like sort of thought about like what sort of person, like the psychology of like what happened to Shirley that made her able to just do all mm. of that and and continue to do it in a way that was just pretty disturbing. Yeah. What do you think about Shirley, Toby? You know, she's not the best mother. As far mm. as I can tell, <laughs> well, she let she let this hairstyle happen. I yeah. I, there's <laughs> put away your phone, Rebecca. Listen, I don't, it's a visual gag. There's a fair <laughs> amount of uh, coiffure shaming in this well, uh, podcast. That's because ev- apparently everybody who talks to Ashley is the first thing they mention, and I wasn't just gonna like look, you. I wasn't going to look it up, except that they kept coming up, so I looked it up. It is pretty incredible. I almost never look up at anything on these, and I did look up to see how big her hair actually was. <laughs> and she goes through different phases of big hair, but they're all big. It's a, it's a weird it's a weird dynamic that they're in business together doing this super shady thing, but they're also at each other's throats. Uh, Shirley's willing to flip on her daughter just at the drop of a hat. She's relieved, probably, right? Yeah. But the best part of it is her name is Shirley, which my favorite part of the entire podcast is when they did sort of an airplane, like within two sentences, used the name Shirley and then used Shirley as in this must back to back. Shirley, you can't be serious. Yeah, exactly. Investigators determined them to be victims of Megan and Shirley's fraud. Surely these companies had a process for making sure the bodies they were buying weren't stolen. Shirley's fraud. Surely, you know, if this whole thing wasn't like so kind of ghoulish and disturbing, there's a sort of dateline ish aspect to this. I think like that it it wasn't hard for me to picture this being a dateline podcast with Keith Morrison being Keith Morrison while describing all this stuff. Then she lost her head. Kevin, I have a final question for you. Okay. One of our main sources in this podcast is a woman who did PR for a yeah. funeral home. Have you ever heard of someone? Well, you used to do PR. Were you ever called to do PR for a funeral, for a small family-owned funeral no, home? No, but I did like the inclusion of her. But what do you do for public relations for a funeral home? It seems like the only time a funeral home would need public relations is when, like, I don't know, you're in the middle of a body-snatching scandal? <laughs> That's what you would need. Yeah. I think a lot of funeral homes, it's... I, when I say like they get a lot of their business from repeat business, it doesn't mean I'm not saying like you bury somebody twice, but like they're but like family on funeral homes. Family on funeral. Well, I mean, a lot of families use the same funeral. I've home been at and- the same funeral home for everybody who's died in your family. It's been at the same funeral home. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And my parents, you know that guy. Barry Farrell? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My mom would like say, like, if I scared her, she's like, oh, just take me straight to Barry Farrell's, you know? And <laughs> Barry be He's there. super nice. I'll give him credit. He's but, like, nice. you know, it's, it's, if, you're, if your husband or your dad or your granddad passed away and y'all live in the same town, you probably go to this the same place. So it's just, there was like one other funeral parlor. And if it's, you know, it's the word of mouth kind of thing. I don't know, like, what kind of PR you're doing. You know, I don't know. Maybe you're buying ads in the, the Sunday bulletin at the at the church. I don't know. I have a final question for you, Toby, because you mentioned yeah. this before. I just want to ask you this. 
Do you think it matters whose ashes you got if the person who died, if it's important to them that their ashes be like put somewhere? Do you think it's important then that it be actually their ashes? Like if I, for instance, say I really like it's very important to me that my ashes be put off of, you know, this bridge in this place. Do you think it's reasonable for my loved ones to think it's very important that they actually be my ashes if that was my wish? Yeah. Like if if somebody said to me when I die, can you put my ashes in this particular place or whatever? Yeah. Like I would feel duty bound to honor that. Would you feel bad if it was cat litter? I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, look, I you know, when people die, like you should honor their wishes for what they want to have happen to their bodies in general, I think. It's just like for me personally, I don't like feel super strongly about it, but if other people do, like I 100% feel like you should honor those wishes to the best that you can. And I I know that there's people who I know who are just like, I want my ashes spread here or there yeah. or, you yeah. know, and yeah, I mean, if called upon, I would do it. But is the essence of your question for the dead person, what they don't know won't kill them? No, I was just, I was just They'll curious. Never I, know it's a little late for that there. I wanted, I wanted to resolve the, the dangling chat of Toby's earlier comment as well. I was just curious to know what his thoughts would be on that. Chekhov's ashes? No, I was just curious. I was just very curious. New new Patreon level, by the way, is deciding what happens to Toby's <laughs> Exactly, exactly. It's going to be a it's going to be a lottery. Care, <laughs> but I, you know, if I want to donate my my body to like a med school or something, I'd be kind of bummed if they like cut it up and like send it to some plasticine or whatever those places yeah. were, and you know, then it's like stuck in some lab somewhere, kicking a soccer ball for the rest of the rest of eternity. But it's not something I'm going to spend a lot of time thinking about. And I certainly hope my family doesn't go through any yeah. like trauma if it doesn't happen exactly the way I want it to. I mean, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know, you know what would be worse is to like see this newspaper article while you're in hospice. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, no, woman, I don't know. Woman, oh, shit. Woman bilks hospice patients by promising them X. And you're like, what did I just what did I sign? sign? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I kept. Um, I I just signed a new deal with a with a hospice. That <laughs> that part made me sick. That was unbelievable. And how much? How many she was going to get? Like from that? That like? Oh, they, there's going to be a lot Big pipeline now. And I'm like, a lot of I grew up across the street from a uh, funeral home. Really? Uh, uh, yep. I was friends. Sounds with, like you uh, missed a money making opportunity. One of my buddies, his dad was the funeral home director and cool. embalmer. Did you and all take that the limo stuff. to the prom? It's called a hearse, Kevin. And it would have been a little strange, but yeah, I don't think they yeah, actually had the their own. Usually, the family rides behind in a. <laughs> the family no, often rides behind in a limousine. At least at Barry Farrell's, that's how it works. Oh yeah, they got two limousines at Barry <laughs> Farrell's, like, like stretch limos. Big families. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to yeah, fit a whole bunch of people in. Black Cadillac. I don't know. I can't remember how that all worked. Clearly, so wasn't Irish. Where we I was a oh, child. Man. Yeah, I was a mere child. BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy. And starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Do you ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. 
Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Okay, let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out Cover Up, Body Brokers. Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Body Brokers? I'm going to go mild thumbs up with this. I think this is a really, like, honestly important story to get out there because one of the things I came away from after listening to this was just the lack of oversight and regulation that allowed something like this to happen. And hopefully by getting more stories like this out there, you know, maybe that'll lead to some people maybe doing something about that. I'm going mild thumbs up because I felt like a lot of this podcast started to get repetitive in terms of some of the stories we were hearing. And I was hoping for a little bit more on, you know, some of the psychology of the people involved, but also, you know, efforts to make sure something like this doesn't happen again. So it was very interesting. It was very graphic. It was very disturbing. But at the same time, I mean, we had a situation like this near us in New England. So it is something that happens. And I guess something to be aware of when we get ready to cremate Rebecca. So yeah. uh, mild thumbs up from me. Toy Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Cover Up Body Brokers? I guess I'm a mild thumbs up. You know, it's fine. The reality is, is that I just didn't find the subject super interesting. So my attention kind of wandered at times or whatever. But, you know, some of the people they interview have interesting perspectives. They certainly interview people who are angry and feel betrayed and, you know, suffered additional trauma in addition to uh, losing a loved one. The whole body parts industry is pretty wild and pretty messed up. But again, you know, I it, it couldn't sustain me for that period of time. But I think there are other people who are probably more interested in this. And, you know, the writing's fine. I think the journalism's pretty good. You know, there's a couple of voices in particular that I thought were strong. So mild thumbs up. Kevin Flynn. I'm going uh, thumbs up. I thought uh, the storytelling was pretty good by Ashley. Pretty sturdy, I'd say. Uh, she seemed to get like all the right people here and hit the proper emotional notes. So I'd say that that's a pretty solid effort. There's still sort of larger parts of this um, kind of story where you could tell that she tried very hard to learn more about and was sort of stonewalled despite all the time that she put into it, which I think would have really been very enlightening. You know, it's it's not a spoiler to say that uh, the way that this funeral home operated was not above board, but it's very hard to sort of get into what happens when these bodies are brokered properly. I don't know. The, 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 that part becomes kind of murky. But what's really important is sort of the people here in Colorado and what they went through and uh, what the alleged crime was. So even though there's some things there that like I'm still kind of wondering about, I thought that uh, she landed the plane. So thumbs up. Yeah, it's a thumbs up for me, too. I didn't like it as much as I liked Ashley's previous podcast, Footprints in the Snow from Suspect. But I think that what I was missing was and there were some like zoom out points like I really 
There was an interview that I mentioned in our review that I really thought was very illuminating. There were some federal law enforcement interviews that were somewhat illuminating. I wanted a little bit more of the zoom out. You know, it was very focused on this one case and this one person. But I'm not sure that this one case is illustrative of the kind of crime that this really is. And I, uh, Toby mentioned during our review that this felt, felt very much like a Dateline-ish story. And I don't think this is as much of a one-off. And I think that she tries to illustrate that in a few different ways. But I think a little bit more of a zoom out would have made a more satisfying podcast for me uh, overall. That being said, reporting is good. It's solid. I know that a lot of our listeners really got a lot out of it. And so I can't ignore that either. So yeah, I'm going to give it a thumbs up too. Now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast, a little something I like to call the crime Crime of the week. week! Sheesh, Kevin. If your name's Ryan, you're invited to attend this year's Ryan Rodeo, but only if your name is Ryan. The group known as Ryan Meetup is looking to break the record for the largest same name gathering, an honor currently held by 2,300 Ivans in Bosnia. The Austin, Texas event will feature a barbecue, a rodeo, bull riding, and local music by... Ryan Hunter. And for clarification, Brian's are not allowed. They refer to Brian's as B-list Ryan's and they're prohibited from attending. They will be checking IDs. The Ryan Rodeo hopes its luck is better than the Kyles who tried last year and failed to break the record at the Kyle Fair. Fuck you, Kyle. So panel, the Laura League, the Toby Troop, the Kevin Club, the Rebecca Roundup. What kind of programming can we expect at your same name gathering? Laura Bricker, what kind of programming would you put on at the Laura League? Well, I think at the Laura League, it's going to be a pretty small gathering because I really haven't met that many other Laras in so the intimate. world. So intimate. It would be intimate. It would be an intimate gathering. We might do some ski joring with the donkey. We might do some lassoing, some cheese eating, some wine drinking, and some cat petting. Oh, what about you, Toby Ball? What would the Toby Troop be doing? Well, I think Lara would like it because when your name is Toby, you've run into a hell of a lot of animals also named Toby. So I think we'd be <laughs> probably overrun with pets. <laughs> What about you, Kevin? What's happened at the Kevin Club? Me and all the other Kevins are going to Starbucks and fuck up the barista's day. Nice. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for us. But before we go, Laura Bricker, do we have a Cat of the Week this week? Tracy Allen and our Facebook discussion group. By the time this podcast comes out, this is done and over. So I don't know if Tracy Allen's cat, Mr. Norris, won America's Favorite Pet Contest that she was trying to um, get people to vote for him. He was going to get on the, the cover of a magazine if he won. But in lieu of that, in, in lieu of Mr. Morris winning that, I thought he looked like a great cat of the week for Crime Writers On. And here's some of the things she had to say about him. Mr. Norris has a special blanket he loves to drag around the house and make biscuits with. He also loves his yellow catnip banana, as do my cat's strings. He is a very good boy. For treats, he is a fan of greenies and the occasional lickable treat. He is also a gentleman. Hmm. Good job, Mr. Norris. We had no plans to get another pet because our then 15-year-old spicy diva, Chloe, hadn't lived with another animal. We never wanted to stir things up, but in 2020, my brother and sister-in-law needed a place for him. When relocating after college, we gave it a shot, and he has been so sweet and patient since day one. He's almost made friends with her. So he's a very cute gray cat. And then I also loved at the end of her nomination, she had like a panorama, like so many pictures of Mr. Norris. And I can relate to that because I think half of the photos on my phone are cat pictures. Mm. So Mr. Norris, I hope, and he has sunglasses on. Um, 
in one of the photos, which is very charming. Do you think that not winning America's favorite pet, you think that being cat of the week is a good replacement for that? Um, in my world, yeah, I, I mean. I think, uh, I, think so I think it's better. <laughs> Frankly, I think it's better. All right, Laura Bricker, if folks want to reach out to you and nominate their animals to be cat of the week, of course, it could be any kind of animal. How can they find you online? Um, they can find me at Lara Bricker on Twitter and Instagram. Toby Ball, folks want to show you their pet's name, Toby. How can they find you online? At Toby Ball NH. Kevin Flynn. People want to say, hey, Kevin, my name's Kevin, too. I'm at Kevin P. Flynn. If you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, if your name's Rebecca, I'm always happy to meet you. You can find me at Reb Lavoy. You can also follow the show everywhere, including Twitter, at Crime Writers On. And I encourage you to join our incredible Facebook group. People who are in it say it's the best Facebook group out there. It's called the Crime Writers On Official Facebook Discussion Group. You got it. Something yep. like that. Anyway, just find us on Facebook. There's a pin post there. Hit join the group. We'll let you in if you're not a jerk. Get episodes early and ad-free at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You'll also get the crime writers on after show married with podcast laura bricker's leave it to bricker podcast and toby ball's deep dive book club podcasts our theme song was composed and performed by ty gibbons our line editor is the wonderful livy burdett the executive producer of this fine program is kevin flynn this show was recorded in the treehouse yoga studio above the mockingbird cafe in bay st louis mississippi studio otherwise known as studio c the closet in our new hampshire basement where i also do my hair up really really big because that's how you get closer to him. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We will With catch you H, him. later. Him. I'm not him. saying who he is. It's just him. What about her? Him. Yes, her. Her. It. You know, him. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you later. Later. Amen. Oh, here oh, comes a oh, kitty. Oh, it's a cuckoo kitty. Even Kevin said, aw, and he hates cats. Fuck them cats. No, I'm just I kidding. love that cat. That cat's so cute. Well, I, he's been sleeping for three hours. I bet that cat doesn't pee on the bathroom floor. <laughs> Eat shit, Rebecca. <laughs>